Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, I am joined by Bella and Phoenix, and we are just going to have a really chill episode, and we're going to talk about what's on our mind. So make a cup of tea, get yourself a blanket, and snuggle down and chat with us. (laughs) Ah, So... What's on your your mind? mind? (laughs) I feel like we need a jingle or like a song for it. What's on your mind? (laughs) Add the snaps. (laughs) Hmm, What is on my mind? My mind is on a podcast that I was listening to driving over here Mm. about the intersection of kink and therapy. Mm. How's that grab everybody? I'm so excited. (laughs) I, uh, Actually, kind of similar to that. I recently went to a neurology of BDSM class. Oh, my God. That's a sext. It was amazing. And I've been involved in the scene for like six years at this point. And the teacher really illuminated so many things that I didn't even think about. Uh, and it was really fun to kind of have someone who was like a pro-dom and also like a researcher who, you know, shared all of these things um, and kind of talked about how BDSM really is like, can be just recreating safe trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like if you had, you know, a traumatic experience, though it definitely can be, but really like a scene could just be like a recreation of trauma. And she talked about how, children actually do that instinctively Hmm. if you think about the games that kids play and these are obviously not the most like uh games that we would play as adults but like cops and robbers Mm -hmm. you know there's dominant submissive Mm -hmm. and playing house oh i played a lot of house when i was oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but those are those can be recreations Mm -hmm. of trauma especially if it's like i'm capturing you and you're the bad guy and you're Mm -hmm. gonna get punished you know like hmm interesting (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was interesting for me i i it was nice and reaffirming to hear that you know someone who came from you know a history of like sexual abuse and trauma, I found this community and it's like a reclaiming of the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so much of my spiritual and like sexual journey has been about is like going back, taking care of the inner child and taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I love that BDSM has been a healing modality. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so funny how controversial it is to say that you use BDSM for healing from trauma. (laughs) I wish it wasn't controversial because like, why not have a beautiful healing experience? But I guess it becomes um, an issue if people associate that as the only way Mm. that we use BDSM or that anyone would use BDSM. It truly has been something that's resonated for me too. I actually, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before, um, but short version is I was filming a dungeon scene 
Phoenix here. This was when I was in um, adult. So I was filming a, a pornographic BDSM scene. Um, but I had actually had a play experience in my personal life that was really like similar to, to this one, funny enough. But it, it just like brought up a lot of things. So the, I was um, suspended and hanging from the ceiling. And I was being um, flogged with a couple of different implements and um, asked different questions. And my responses were essentially determining my punishments mm -hmm. as a ghost. And I was asked if I had ever cheated on anyone before. Mm. And I don't, uh, I don't know if you want to guess what happened. Mm. Um, but I got a bunch of hits. And it felt really good in that moment to to be honest, because I have been on both sides of that spectrum. And um, it was a very healing thing for me mm. to, you know, for someone who, you know, has, you know, been betrayed and has has, you know, I've I've been not the nicest girl when I was younger and stuff mm. there. You know, I've, I've broken a heart or two before. So it felt really good to be like, you know what? Yeah. And let's let's let that out right now, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and it felt so, so good. But I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. And I was like afterwards, I was like, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I was like shaking and in my like really, really, really happy space afterwards and like in my robe. And I was like, oh, my God, that was like so good. Thank you. I'm all tingly. And I was like basically like flogged and then ended up having like a forced orgasm over this whole thing that was like this guilt and this weight. So, I mean whether it's trauma or it's guilt or it's a sadness, like it can help you heal so many different things. Mm -hmm. Or even honestly, if you just need for the people who are in charge of too much and control of too much in their lives and they need to relinquish that, that control mm -hmm. and, and find subspace in their yeah. off time. As we know, we've anyone out there who's ever done um, pro work, uh, how many times you have a client that's a boss of something <laughs> that, wants that wants to, to be, be a submissive. bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very common thread. Mm -hmm. I love that you were able to experience the shame of mm -hmm. going through the cheating, mm -hmm. you know, uh, situation, but in a safe place yeah. with mm -hmm. someone who knew what they were doing yeah. and were able to be present and hold you mm -hmm. in that space it was it was so and I, I know there were like check-in moments and we used a lot of like eye contact and tapping and mm -hmm. we had um specific uh, safe words and and or when you have anytime you know you have um something covering your mouth <laughs> or a gag <laughs> of some sort you know there's usually some other way mm -hmm. or a tap or a finger symbol um and you know I I was in a good space where I knew I had every option to not go through with that. And I was like, no, this is actually perfect. This is beautiful mm -hmm. and I'm going to run with it. So mm -hmm. it's really nice when someone gives you that prompt that you're not expecting. And yeah, I think it takes a really good dom to be able to be that mirror for you. Mm -hmm. So where are you guys at now with your relationship with BDSM? Because it's something we all talk about a lot and I think it's a pretty unique uh, thing that we all have this like common thread of like an interest in kink and BDSM and we have lots of experience with it but where are you both now because I'm kind of in an interesting place with my BDSM so I'd love to chat with you guys about it I feel like um in short where I'm at right now is I'm actually wanting to do some very like non-sexual rope play mm. because I'm kind of in a place where I really miss rope but I don't mm. necessarily require like I like rope bondage with 
sex 100% or with masturbation, but like there are certain times when I'm like, oh, it just would feel so good to be tied up right now Mm -hmm. and just like let go and -hmm. just surrender. Mm -hmm. And I really desire that feeling of being held and cherished by the rope. Yeah. But also to surrender. It's like when you're in a point in a yoga flow or shavasana and you like mm-hmm. finally let go or you're in a forward fold and suddenly you're like, why am I crying? <laughs> That's what like rope it's bondage also does for me. It was just like, oh, you're fine. You're held. And I just love the feeling and the marks on my skin after. Mm. And so <laughs> I'm kind of like flirting with, um, with wanting to do a few things that just I have plenty of like I have a healthy sex life. And, you know, a healthy amount of, you know, play when I feel like playing. Um, But this is something where I'm like, I really want to do this as a gift to myself just for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's what's coming up on my mind right now. Mm. What about you guys? That's nice. Mm. Um, For me, let's see. Where am I at with my BDSM? It's good. It's just definitely growing and deepening every day. Um, The... The main practice, I guess, of my BDSM is through a DS dynamic with my partner. Um, And that's been really lovely, blossoming and growing together in that and seeing how having that healthy exploration of BDSM together can enrich our romantic lives Mm. as a couple. Um, As well as for me, it's pretty similar to what we were talking about earlier, but having that personal healing, recreating some of the, not recreating, but exploring. I think a lot of people have experienced, can relate to the experience of having explored BDSM with a partner that wasn't a safe person. Mm -hmm. And then going through the decision-making process when that relationship ends of, am I going to keep exploring this or am I going to you know throw the baby out with the bathwater? So it's been really beautiful for me to reclaim BDSM for myself mm-hmm. and share that with a healthy partner. That's been really profoundly beautiful. Mm. Um, and yeah, actually, as to my relationship with rope, um, that is really, really blossoming lately. But my my rope relationship is a self one. I self-tie mm. and I, I did my first self-suspension a couple of months ago, which was really cool. Um, definitely a really amazing opportunity and how much do I trust myself yeah (laughs) (laughs) how much do I trust each of these ties Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah so I did like a full self-suspension that was really cool I also chose to do it at a time when my partner wasn't home which Mm. was kind of risky because something had gone wrong so like (laughs) don't try that at home kids Mm -hmm. but uh Feel free to text me with like a, if I don't text you back by this time, you need to show up at my house because I will be stuck. That's funny. Yeah, I feel like with rope, it's like too, like it's, if you, if it goes bad, you, you yeah. wouldn't even well, have time for you that. You don't have, to, well, I mean, even like but if yeah, you lose finger and a, yeah. you know, feeling in a hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually think. probably wise to have a knife handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you, like That's if anything idea. happens, like maybe tape to the yeah. wall mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, you emergency cut down. Because yeah, the second you get too tingly, mm-hmm. you're, you're, the yeah. clock's already yeah. ticking. Yeah, but, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So know how to do it safely because I know mm-hmm. how to do it really safely mm-hmm. um, with like a quick release goes awry. Yay. <laughs> and actually the way that I did my release was that like if I started losing like feeling or movement in hand, that would actually release it. And like I would get hurt from falling, but it wouldn't be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only a few feet off the ground. So that was really cool. Um, and I'm I'm practicing that more and looking at maybe like as I get better and more experience being a service top for women 
because like you were saying, Phoenix, mm -hmm. a lot of um, female identifying people want to explore rope and I think have a, you know, healthy fear of giving that much control up to someone they, they don't have an intimate mm -hmm. relationship with. And a lot of people, um, not just female identifying people, but a lot of people have trauma around male identifying people. So it would feel really nice to be able to provide that service to people at some stage, but mm. definitely not, not there yet. Mm. Well, that would be a really beautiful offering. Yeah. And I'm sure that really nice. a lot of your clients or even new clients maybe yeah. only seeking that service in particular yeah that's interesting I don't mm -hmm. think I would ever well because would with my work yeah, I do it maybe. all remotely but I yeah. I I think that would be a conflict of interest yeah but maybe mm -hmm. in the Facebook group I run like anytime I post photos of my like self ties people are like tie me tie me tie me <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet but I'm like you know <laughs> so many willing victims right <laughs> so trusting I it's, like that it's interesting too because like I'm such a um, sub but then when I play with women I tend to be like much more on the top side and mm -hmm. that's something that I've been really like called to lately mm -hmm. um, and definitely like deep uh, sadism coming out that I didn't expect. <laughs> I relate really yeah. strongly. <laughs> so I'm actually getting kind of excited mm. to explore that at some stage. That's awesome. Conversation is <laughs> a little stimulating for me to Yay. be honest. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ladies. <laughs> Applications will be accepted soon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like since October, I've just been going through, like, a really deep inner work phase of my life. And I think it really sparked because of some, like, sexual experiences that I had and I put myself in that I didn't feel, like, super positive about afterwards. And it was actually a really great thing because it highlighted what I needed to work on, which was a more deeper intimacy with myself. Mm -hmm. um, and all the while, like I have been in two uh, relationships and um, have had like other partners and all that stuff. So just trying to navigate my autonomy while being in a poly Mm -hmm. lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, which has been really fun and exciting and challenging. And I really had to learn how to say no as well to people, whether that be friends or lovers. Um, and I think for me with my, my BDSM practice, uh, I have a partner who, um, is a top and he really helps with the, um, uh, kind of like life stuff. Like if there's something that I want to work on, whether it be like a financial issue or like, hey, I need to prioritize meditating every day. He'll help keep me accountable. And then it becomes part of the DS dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I, I really that. enjoy that because, you know, you have this vision in your head that a dom is going to be like stern and I'm going to beat you. And, and you know, it has to be, always be sexual. Yeah, of course, yeah, it's going to exactly. be sexual. Such a but really, you know, this is just someone who is offering me the dominance of like authority and is there to guide me to be my best self mm -hmm. and wants to see me thrive and is just there to like hold space and love me for that mm. yeah and it's so amazing and um but yeah I I also kind of feel this like sexual wanderlust right now <laughs> where, that's well timed for your, yeah, your I life know. <laughs> I'm about to embark on a three-week um mm. 
journey to Paris and Barcelona and London, and I am definitely hitting up all of the kink scenes in those places. Oh, yeah. I cannot exciting. wait to hear all of the stories. <laughs> yeah. I, are you going to go to like live sex shows or anything? Are you? Do you say you're going to Amsterdam at all? Or I'm not going to Amsterdam. Not no, no. But well, um, I'm sure you'll see lots of sexy things. It's Europe. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a really good spanking scene in London because, mm-hmm. like, let me tell you, like. The British know how to punish. Really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I believe that. Very like stern and very like proper, you know, where it's like bend over. You're getting six swats. The accent alone. I'm I'm sorry. I have to admit it. I am a sucker for accents. I want a British nun to like spank me. Yeah. With a Bible. Literally, I feel like it would not take much for... (laughs) I can't do a British accent, but... That, that I and can only do Hermione Granger. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Let me, let me, wow! Let me remember it. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. That would be fun. And if you're not careful, we'll be killed or worse, expelled. <laughs> it's like the only British I can do. Oh my gosh! Okay, now just say that, but hold the flogger. Right? And we're set. I've <laughs> definitely got a confession that I have read some Harry Wait. Potter fanfic and it's been really sexy just saying <laughs> I could see that oh yeah because <laughs> in Fifty Shades of Grey it was Twilight fan fiction oh was it yeah it was Twilight fan fiction she like posted it under a pseudonym mm-hmm. you guys this is a bombshell for you this you is yeah. see my face <laughs> chips in a bowl chips in a bowl um <laughs> So it was Twilight fan fiction that was posted online that was not appreciated. People were like, this is not very good. Um, and then I guess like she made some changes and and reposted it, I think, under like the male name or something like wow. that. And then it took off. Wow. Yeah, got a publishing deal and it's the worst fucking BDSM it's series terrible. in the history of anything. I was just talking to someone about how, like, well, the books are terrible, but I was talking to someone about, like, the, I just don't like that writing. I don't think it's... It's terrible. It's very... A high literary written. quality. It's bad representation <laughs> of BDSM. It normalizes, like, rape and coercion culture. If that mm-hmm. Not only is it problematic. Rich, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't work. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he was not like flying her around everywhere. It's, it's, it's so, poorly written. It's unrealistic. It's problematic. But then even in the movie, the way that even the, they do the spanking is incorrect. Like there's mm-hmm. certain references that are incorrect. There's just bad. It's not a sex education movie. So that's a Please do not learn from it. down but, from the Sex Magic podcast. <laughs> actually, I'm going to play devil's advocate okay. here. So <laughs> I actually think that there is a lot of benefit to it Fifty Shades. conversation. Because mm-hmm. it kind of started normalizing totally BDSM. True. And not 100%, and it's definitely not the best representation right. of mm-hmm. it. It's, like, got so many flaws and all the things you guys said. But it's kind of, like, my perspective with – and I really don't want to get political here – but it's kind of my perspective with, like, Trump stuff that I'm actually, like – cool with him being president right now because it's kind of highlighting some of the negative parts of our country that we're not dealing with. And so Mm. I think there's actually a lot of medicine and a lot of good that can come from, you know, someone starting the conversation in a really bad, poor way. It's kind of chaos magic. It is. Yeah. That is true. That is true. That's a good insight. Speaking of. I do like that it creates that conversation. Let's have a panel, if you will, Mm. on what everyone's talking right now. I keep getting asked to comment on this, so I actually had to watch it. Have you guys seen the Bonded TV show yet on Netflix? I just watched it. I was going to ask you guys about that too. Everyone's like, can you comment? I binged it. 
Yeah, me definitely too. binged it. Uh, the episodes go for like 15 minutes. Yeah, they're very short. Are they, is it a documentary? No, no. it's a, um, like a TV series about a female dominatrix, like a pro-dom. Okay. And she's also a, a grad student, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, studying psych. Her childhood friend, um, who was a gay redheaded gentleman, he's like really cute, um, <laughs> becomes her like assistant. And so, like, their adventures. And I, I think my – after having watched it, I would say my my comment, seeing as people are asking me for that, is um, it's fun. I mm-hmm. think it's, like, fun and silly. Mm-hmm. It's not a particularly good representation of BDSM. They didn't consult – from what I've researched, they didn't consult any BDSM practitioners when making the show. So that's, that's like, shame. a big whoops. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's fun and cute and silly. Mm-hmm. But, like – with any of these things, like Tosca saying, like, yeah, the Fifty Shades of Grey really launched a BDSM empire and awareness socially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this TV show is probably going to compound on that. But let's not look at them as sex education, just like we shouldn't look right. at porn. Most mainstream porn is sex education. Harry mm-hmm. Potter is not, you know, witchcraft education. Thank you. Beautifully. Yeah, exactly. It's the Harry Potter. It all goes back to it Harry cre- Potter. Yeah, it creates <laughs> the interest. It yes. stirs the conversation, maybe allows you to dig deeper. And mm. um, I'd like to add, because also I watched that show, there are a few moments where you can tell the writers like snuck in things that are like positive towards sex workers. So, yes, that's so true. nod and appreciation that. to them for that. It is not perfect. Yeah. In there are certain elements they put her in certain um, problematic situations or things that like should never happen. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I hope almost that they. If I mean, I, I really wish they had consulted somebody Me because because I feel like those could be you know they're they should be written to be like learning experiences of like to, mm-hmm. not thing not to do <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. you have your like an example without giving away like a full spoiler is you should always have a consultation um, in a safe space and never like go straight to their home or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. and just things like that that like obviously are scary in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think that it's a great example um, of starting the conversation while not yeah. mm-hmm. perfect. And there's a lot of goofy, silly, funny parts. Um, all I'm going to say is penguins. Oh, um. my God. <laughs> I really liked when um, in the, like, first episode, I think it was, when the male character is asking the female character, like, are you – he said something, like, very problematic, like, you're a prostitute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I liked the way she – I can't remember her exact phrasing, but she said something like, like, no. Not that there's anything wrong, there's with that. wrong with that. But there's nothing wrong with that. So That's I really nice. appreciate it because it's important to show that there's, like, distinctions in different types of sex work, but mm-hmm. all sex work is real work mm-hmm. and – it shouldn't be stigmatized for different types of it. Mm-hmm. You know? No Definitely. sex worker hierarchy. Yes. Horarchy, yes. as we call it. <laughs> mm, I got to watch this. Yes. It'll be Let my reward next you, week. Let us know what you think. Yeah. yeah. Really quick and easy. It's fun okay. to watch. It's cute and light. And yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yes. They um, should sponsor us now. <laughs> so I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet. But one of my kinks, drum roll, that I need to explore more and will do, is needle play. Okay, okay. So I actually have a collection of needles that are like already packaged, like never been opened, super safe. Um, And that's like a fetish that I like didn't really ever 
think about when I was like a kid. You know how some fetishes you kind of like get little hints mm -hmm. before, you know. Did you have some medical hints no, in your <laughs> definitely not. No, I've, like I didn't even, you know, go to the doctor that much as a kid because I didn't have health insurance. But um, what happened was when I was like 20 years old, I went to this dungeon event and they did this beautiful um, back piercing and they pierced this needle that had a feather attached so I actually like walked around like with mm. these needle feathers that made me look like I had wings. Oh my goodness. And I loved that experience because I want to be a fairy, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's my my confession. And I don't know if there's any other people out there who are into needle play, but let's talk about it if you are. Makes me lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> One of our friends is training to be a phlebotomist, uh, which is the person who will draw your blood at the doctors. And she had me come for the friends and family day to draw my blood. And it was really Aww. hot. <laughs> Do you guys have any random little kinks? I like the idea of like thinking of like, what's the next kink I want to explore? But mm. I have to think about it for a second. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm thinking like, what have I been really on to lately? I feel like... I really buzzed a lot when you brought up that you were feeling really sadistic yeah, you got all I like, oh my God, my 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 eyebrows just stayed up for like two straight minutes. Maybe there's a little sadist in there that's ready to come out and play. I, yeah, I mean, like, cause I'm definitely, I'm definitely a switch. I know this for sure. And I, it's not a hard rule, but like Bella said, and we've said in the past, tend to be submissive with men, tend to be more uh, dominant with women identifying mm -hmm. um, or female identifying. Um, but I think that uh, right now I just, it would be really nice and maybe I can find some sort of uh, sexual or non-sexual way to, I don't know, I would like to do something. Mm -hmm. Not sure what it is yet. I really like implement play. I'm really comfortable with a flogger. I said to my partner mm -hmm. uh, on the weekend, I just want to give you props because you've been hitting me really hard lately. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that that's really hot, like challenging for you and it feels really good. And I was like, that's a funny sentence yeah. to say to your partner. Thanks for hitting me hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's probably what mine would be, like exploring my more sadistic mm. side. This is sort of a branch off of that, but this is an interesting thing I noticed is like I so I do like sometimes to to get hit and like kind of in a surprise fashion during <laughs> during sex mm -hmm. um and because I have like some abuse in my history I know it's almost like a healing point for me when I like so sometimes when I see the hand coming or if I expect it too much I tense up mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I laugh <laughs> Um, so it's kind of like this funny, like I'm not, instead of like going into like triggered panic, like my PTSD, like full on like meltdown anxiety mm. as is something that I've had happen before. I'll like literally be like, oh my God, I don't know. Like, <laughs> just kind of laughing through it because it's a completely different context. Mm. And I find that to be like so fun for me that it's like, I don't think about like being in danger I'm not mm. feeling this like question of safety I am more just kind of like laughing that my body is responding in that way <laughs> and then and then I right then I know oh I am safe and I relax mm. and I'm like he and then you know if I'm caught off guard it's even more fun mm. so yeah oh you know what I'm actually backtracking us a little bit um but I I wanted to say something and I just remembered it um when Tosca was talking about like the more non-sexual sides of domination um I think 
I get a lot of questions and comments from single people that want to explore being more dominant, but they don't have someone to play with. Mm. Um, and my first recommendation with clients is to explore dominating yourself. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share this like as a free um, exercise for our listeners. So you can make a list, say on Sunday, of all the things you want to get done in the week, but then you have to be your own top and make yourself do those things. And I definitely recommend writing down next to them what the punishment would be. Ooh. So they might be non-sexual tasks. So say it might be that you want to get your taxes done this week. So maybe that's one of your tasks, but then if you don't do it, you don't get to masturbate for a week or you don't oh, get wow. to have a glass of wine at night. Like, you know, something that you would really miss. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really beautiful to explore having that level of self-control and self-discipline and giving that mm. to yourself and then that strengthens that muscle for when you want to play willpower is 100 percent a muscle yeah i love mm-hmm. that i wonder if you could also add like a little reward as well because yeah, I, I, like I love that. it when a dom gives you a treat totally. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> extra special sex Yay. when you're a good girl <laughs> i'm like i finished a huge office cleaning project i oh. there's still like a second part of it but like it was this whole like wardrobe organization project. And then I like masturbated afterwards and this like huge wave of relief of like, Ah. (laughs) and so like that in a way was like rewarding myself and like Mm -hmm. it it could literally be a piece of dark chocolate after, you know, you finish doing Mm -hmm. a task or, you know, you want to finish doing your budgeting and accounts Mm -hmm. and, you know, keep up with something incredibly boring. Mm -hmm. If you need a little excitement to that, give yourself, you know, something. And, oh, if you don't get it done, like, I mean, I, I'm i going to fall and admit it. I will go so far as to, like, spank myself mm-hmm. <laughs> with different – because I have, like, implements and stuff. And, like, for people who are new to that, like, there are certain things that might feel silly at first. And that's okay for it to feel silly. But, like, see what makes you feel good. And, you know, if it doesn't, just laugh it off and move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but sometimes you can like do little things to like yourself or, you know, if you do, you know, get educated in rope tie, you can try maybe just tying, you know, one limb or mm-hmm. doing something or like that. Or if you know yeah. how, you can safely put needles in yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like more of a reward just, for that's you. Definitely, okay. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Just do oh. your homework and do everything safely, of course. But yeah. it's fun to practice reward and um, – punishment with yourself you gotta have the the tree and the punishment otherwise mm. it's not as fun if you're only getting one or yeah. only getting the other mm-hmm. you know what i actually realized was a better answer to your question of like what's a new kink mm-hmm. no i just realized no is like a really big kink for me this is last week i was like i just want more people to say no i love when people say no to me because it's like a beautiful way that they're extending their boundaries mm-hmm. i'm like oh thank you for honoring yourself by saying no mm. And then also, I like to be able to trust people. And if people always say yes to me, I'm like, are all of your yeses really yes or is it a no? And then I don't want to get in my head and I'm second guessing what your yeses and your noes are. So when your partner says no, oh my God, like, oh, it's getting me rot up. But like, yeah, I'm really realizing it's a big kink for me. No, tell me no. I'll try to be I more think aware the emotional of that. intelligence yeah. is what's sexy to you in that too. You're just like, yes, respect yourself, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, like I ask my partner if I'm allowed to come and they always say yes. And then mm-hmm. last night they said no. I was like, oh, my God. That makes me oh, like, I'm dead. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. 
we could have um, – I mean, I know we've brought up edging before and oh. stuff like that, but I absolutely love tease and denial. So T- T- oh, my God. Actually, okay, I'm putting that on that needs – I have not done that in a short minute. <laughs> so that's going on my like. I turn top into of the- such a pouty brat sometimes. <laughs> I, like, mm, I want to. <laughs> I will. I will get to the point of squeal. And like my, I remember I've had um, partners where I've had like code words for like when I'm like, okay, mercy, like you need to mercy, fuck me right oh. now, basically. Like you've been teasing dial too much, or need to like come or what, what, whatever the tease is. And it gets to the point where I'm just like, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait, going back to the kid thing from the neurology of BDSM. Do you guys? Did you guys play Mercy? Oh, and yeah. recess That's where like when they tickle you. Mm-hmm. Okay, in it's my school, twisting. they twist your mm-hmm. arm, and when you're in so much pain, you have to say Mercy. I would win that game. Maybe that's what I. <laughs> You're making what? me realize there's so many things from my childhood that, like, really were yeah. actually very twisted in a way. Well, I think it's just, like, a natural part of of being a human. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we have to test boundaries yeah. and we have to practice our nose. And, you know, kids are intuitive in, in experimenting with that. So yeah. isn't it funny that there's so much that we knew as children that we unlearn and then we have to spend part of our adult years learning again. Yeah. Yep. Unlearning and relearning. I always say to like my new clients in their first session, like this work is probably going to be like 80% unlearning and 20% learning. Mm. They don't expect that. Yeah. So there's a lot of bad programming we absorb too from, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's bad influences or relationships or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rules of society mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like that. And so when we finally like relinquish all of that, we can – kind of get back to our truest selves. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about trauma and mm-hmm. some people don't have trauma in the way that we're like loosely referring to it and defining it. Mm-hmm. But a trauma can be like a form of being shamed and a lot of children get sex negative conditioning and shaming mm-hmm. even like not to masturbate instead of just saying like that this isn't exactly the right environment for that. Mm-hmm. for you to do that safely so here are those environments and then encouraging that mm. or even the words they use for children's genitals like that can be sex yeah. negative shame and mm-hmm. trauma yeah definitely. and that podcast i was listening to on the way over here um the mm-hmm. therapist and it was saying that neurologically trauma and shame live in the same parts of your brain mm-hmm. wow I really want to have that neurology BDSM teacher come on the podcast soon. Yeah, I would love to hear more takeaways from that. For sure. Switching gears, I did a sex magic ritual with Mm. myself recently that was really powerful. Um, I actually think I texted you about it. I was... um, I was on my moon time. I was bleeding and I don't shy away from masturbating during that. Um, But I wanted to connect to the goddess Lilith and I don't really know why Mm. she popped up into my head but I think it's because I uh there was a Jewish holiday recently and it brought up some stuff because I was raised Jewish and trying to connect to um part of that trying to connect to that part of myself and Lilith is a Hebrew deity or not really deity but well kind of um but anyways she's in that that realm And so I wanted to connect to her. So I was like, you know, I feel as though blood and Lilith Mm -hmm. really go together. She's also the goddess of vampires. Yeah. So sexy as hell. I like 
focused my energy on connecting with her and it was like so intense and so powerful and the the message I really got from that was just listen to your intuition and it's so much deeper than you think Mm -hmm. and to keep going there was just this like keep going message of just like further 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 because I don't know I feel like especially when you're bleeding it's just this really like dark mystical time and you're so much more in tune moon phase of your cycle yeah Mm -hmm. so that was really powerful and then the next day I um got some like snake medicine. I pulled the snake card from my deck. Uh, and then I like saw a snake and I feel like Lilith is definitely part of that as mm-hmm. well. So I love Lilith. Do you She's do, I can't remember if I asked this before. Do you do Kundalini at all? No. You should look into mm-hmm. waking up your serpent a little bit in regards to that. That maybe that might be something that resonates with you. Yeah. Even just doing um, kundalini mantras mm-hmm. or um, just some pranayama might be nice. Yeah, definitely some mm-hmm. some fun things to add yeah. in. Speaking of Lilith and being the queen of the vampires, mm-hmm. are vampires not fucking sexy as hell? I and Rice. When Dracula. I was a kid, I used to read Anne Rice books, and I think that's why I think mm-hmm. there's. Oh so man, sexy. if Shady was here, oh, she's really into the vampire thing. Dude, Nosferatu, <laughs> though, like, uh, like you know, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. In, get it? I'm not into vampires. Nope. Okay, so I feel like for most people, it's about the overtaking mm. and like of you as a person, and then the consuming like of your mm. essence and how you can't resist it. You know, they have all this magnetism, which ties so into you like most intoxicated. Intoxicated. If I were to go for like a monster, like demon, yes. I think I would probably go for the werewolf. Ooh. That like that like animalistic mm-hmm. like grrr, like I'm a beast kind of thing. Probably more of that. I can see that. I feel like werewolves like they they will just kill you though, and oh. like vampires are more like hardcore um, masochist. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like vampires they'll either <laughs> just oh, kill you though. You know, maybe this is what it is with vampires, right? Like sometimes they'll just kill you because they want to drink your blood, but mm. other times they'll turn you. So I think it ties into the feminine, the common like feminine fantasy of like being the one. Ooh. Like that's like why most a lot of women are obsessed with bad boys because they want to be the only person mm-hmm. that can like turn them the exception. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think a lot of like vamp I'm just playing this out right now in my head, but I'm I feel like a lot of vampire stuff might I be. I like about this that, theory. Right? Yes. Because you're special, so he wants to make you special too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or she. That's interesting. Like a lady vampire. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you guys have any fantasies? See attached. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think if I have any that are like PG enough to share. Mm. I know. I'm like, "Mm." well, some of my also like I have a lot of really like. There's definitely a deep and dark side to me. I don't know if you guys know a lot about Pluto, but my Pluto is in Scorpio, and I feel like nice. (laughs) Now I want to look at what my Pluto is in. Um. And I feel like that definitely adds to, like, my – I have, like, my very secret um, dark side of myself (laughs) that it's, like, I keep, you know, and it doesn't – in Scorpio, too. Oh. Oh. I'm going to look what yours is. Oh, yeah. And I don't look at it as necessarily, like, a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I look at it as more of, like, a shadow thing, but it's, like, that's, like, my my more Mm -hmm. sister side coming out. 
Um, but I often okay. So something Scorpio too. No Whoa. way, all three of us. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. I wonder uh-huh. if I'm gonna check if I have Is anyone it a, else on the look, podcast. Look into that further. I encourage you to. But I told a coworker recently, like she was like, oh, like I I don't know what to do about this situation, like. Um, essentially she is in a committed relationship and finds someone attractive and that person isn't even available and she's not planning on doing anything. And, Mm. and I was like, you should just masturbate. Like, it's okay. Like just have a healthy release if you feel comfortable with that. Or honestly, like the thing I admitted to her to help her feel like more comfortable with that was like, full disclosure, most of the time when I get off, it's about something taboo that I wouldn't actually do. Not always, it's a good but point. like, and I can't, I won't, I'm not going to say names or anything in particular, but I sometimes might think of, in the past, I've thought of somebody that I would never actually sleep with when like, maybe they're like, not like a super close friend or anything, but like something where they're attractive, but it's like, it's taboo in some sort of mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There's certain instances, um, where I've allowed myself to just really go off the deep end and I keep laughing at myself because I'll like come and then I'll kind of mutter to myself, like, really? That was what fucking got you off. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. you'll, you'll, you know, whether uh-huh. it's with my hand or a vibrator or whatever mm-hmm. situation and your mind is just running through like these different images and, or maybe like I sometimes, do you ever like if you're like doming yourself or masturbating like talk to yourself sorry or anything so i just looked up all of our co-host charts to see where their pluto was and i was like whoa they're all in scorpio what a cool coincidence but then i just looked up how long is pluto in each sign 21 oh, years oh that's why <laughs> but that's interesting because right, it kind so of means our whole generation <laughs> is kind of kinky that makes so much perhaps sense. And, yeah and that makes sense too as far as like <laughs> where the planet is and mm. its actual rotation. But I was like, oh my God, this is like an amazing thing. No, I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you looked that up though. It's uh. good for us to know more. But we're always, we're not pro astrologers here. Um, we do have guests sometimes that are, but we are always constantly studying and learning more about astrology. But yes, that is a really good point, Phoenix. I feel like a lot of fantasies, uh, definitely of mine, I would never even be vaguely interested in playing out in real life. It's just mm-hmm. really fun to think of them and like tying in astrology. Oh, so bad. I mean, so naughty. Just like yeah. going back to being a child, like playing make believe is yeah. fun. And I think that we should have more play mm-hmm. in our sex lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with ourselves. Because your imagination, Absolutely. your creative visualization can take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. Can be weird. Definitely, but lots of fun. (laughs) Like I like when there's – or even if you're like sleeping with someone and there's like an awkward moment or a flub up or like, you know, someone – you accidentally kick them when you're changing positions or whatever like weird thing that happens. Like being able to – oh, yeah, if I think it passed gas. When you can just laugh. Or I I know I said this before when I asked you guys – but when I have multiple orgasms, sometimes I go into laughing fits. Mm-hmm. And then usually the person's response back to me is just, just like, what the hell? And then they start laughing. And then it becomes this whole just like <laughs> fun, joyous, like ball of laughter and like rolling around. So like just have fun. Like it doesn't have to be like things can be hot and sweaty and dramatic like in the, you know, in the movies when everything's so intense or you can just mm-hmm. like, you know, giggle and play. and Yeah. 
let, you know, weird noises happen because they do. I mean, <laughs> if you're like me, you can cry a lot too. And that's okay. totally oh, fine. Crying during sex is so yeah. nice if you have Orgasming. that. Oh my gosh. So if good. you have that level of like vulnerability and come with a, yeah. with a partner and you can actually have that level of release, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. And sometimes when I crygasm, it's not even like I'm thinking about anything sad. Yeah. And it's not even like I'm having a sad experience. It's just like, oh, there's tears. Oh, well, that was a nice release. So I once Crying. like looked into the like mm. the the biology of tears. Mm. And because I was really interested in me that like really, really little babies like don't have tears. They just like cry. Oh, um it was like a whole thing I researched years ago, so I I might forget some of it. But essentially it was about your body like moving emotions in a physical way. And mm. like so the thinking that the that age bracket doesn't really like have emotions Mm -hmm. in that that technical way um and if you're curious about tears look up there's this incredible experiment they did where they froze tears that people experience during different emotions and they make like they froze them so they make snowflakes right because that's what happens when you freeze water um and the the appearance of the snowflake was very obvious what the emotion was like anger versus joy so anyway, that's kind of a tangent, but I was just going to say, like, I think sometimes when we cry during sex or we crygasm, it's just emotion l- released from your body. Mm. It's not actually anything specific. Your body is just it's moving. It's catharsis. Yeah. yeah. Connecting to that water element. Mm-hmm. Um, God, how goth is like tear snowflakes. Oh my, so yeah, that I'll yeah. show you after we I am, That's next level, I think. Um, but yeah, okay. So like going back to fantasies, I feel like I just need to share this. Like if you've never done like historical um fiction fantasies, I highly recommend it. Like being like a captured princess or like pirates. Exactly. I'm a thing for pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's mine. Definitely being like what if? captured whimsical maiden. You could also like role play as, <laughs> as like some early civilization couple. <laughs> Like full, just go yeah. out and get a log cabin and mm. some lamps. Do like, some Adam and Eve shit. Yeah, babe, I just made fire for the first time. Let's fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So wait, Phoenix, do you want to tell us a little bit about the awesome, exciting thing? Oh yes. Oh yes. Really quick. Um. So before we get to the day, um, I actually wrote a story for a book called The Shrieking Garden. Uh, it's about childhood trauma, and it's an anthology that a friend of mine put together um, from several different writers, some of which are sex workers, um, but not all. Um, so Chad Fierstad is releasing this through Ethel Night Terrors, and it's called The Shrieking Garden. And if you're local to Los Angeles, I will be attending the release party on June 7th at Stories Cafe and Bookstore in Echo Park. I will maybe be doing a reading, um, but we'll see. (laughs) But I will definitely be there. So come grab a copy and say hello. Yay, go support Phoenix. Woo! (laughs) All right, well, thanks for tuning in. Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us 
because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. means a lot. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes and we're so grateful to do that and have your support.